Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Zoe Church Podcast. We're a church in Los Angeles. This week, we're in part seven of a series we're in called Do You Know Why? We're gonna jump into the message, but again, thank you to everyone that subscribes, comments, likes, shares this message. We love you. We believe that if God is for you, who can be against you? Let's go check out this week's message. These verses, 2 Timothy chapter 4, watch what it says here. This is Paul. He's in the old age. That means he get discounts at Denny's. Listen to what he says. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. So biblically speaking, pour some out is a God idea. This should have landed way better, and I only blame the 10 a.m. The 6 p.m. would have been like, dang. That's right. Jesus Christ. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and then, then the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there, your phone's ringing. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. When you stand before the Lord, the Lord is going to reward you for what you did on this earth. Now, again, the reason why we don't need to be the heroes in front of the parents is because we don't need a reward from parents. We want a reward from God. The Bible says when you finish your race, you will stand before your maker. And God will reward you according to what you did on this earth. So he says, listen, I want to let you know, I'm already poured out like a drink offering. The time for my departure is here. And I want to let you know, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. Oh, I just like that first one. I have fought the good fight. See, some of us need to understand, there is a bad fight and a good fight. And I don't want to be in fights that are trivial. I don't want to be in fights that don't mean anything. I don't want to be in fights just with American Airlines customer service. Who am I preaching to today? It's a word for, wait, it's a word for me. Okay. We don't want to fight the wrong fight. We want to fight the good fight. The fight for our family. The fight for our sanity. The fight for our marriage. The fight for our destiny. The fight for our church. I have fought the good fight. Come on, clap if you want to fight the good fight. It's the right fight. It's the, it's the God fight. It's the fight that, that you're in right now. The good fight. I have finished the race. I am in the midst of marathon training. I'm going to run the L.A. Marathon. We put it out for the church. Anybody want to run? 20 people. Great. Fantastic. None of them live in L.A. Okay, great. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race. Can I encourage you today? You're not called to run someone else's race. You're called to run your race. You're called to run your life. You're called to what God set before you. You will not be held accountable when you stand before the Lord for someone else's life. You'll be held accountable for your life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. I want to encourage you in these times, keep your faith. Keep your faith strong. 
Keep your faith on fire. Keep your faith in God and even your faith in others. Keep your faith high. Don't get your faith down in the gutters. Don't get your faith low. No, keep the faith. I fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Just let me see your hand if that's your prayer today. I want to uh, preach a message today. Write down the title if you're taking notes. Do you know why you feel like you're in a fight? Do you know why you feel like you're in a fight? This church was birthed six years ago, and we started our church off this verse, John 10.10. John 10.10, put it up on the screen, it says this. The evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. So let's just first give praise to the one that wants you to have abundant life. Let's just thank God that it's his will that you don't survive. Biblically speaking, God wants you to thrive. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be in relationships. God doesn't want you in isolation. God wants you to flourish. He said, I've come so that you don't have to live through hell and then go to heaven. You can have heaven here on earth. You can be in your right mind. You can be in right relationships. You can be in the right place. You can have the right time. I have come that you might have Zoe life. It's bigger than a sweatshirt. It's bigger than a sticker. It's the life that's found in Jesus. He says, yet there is one that opposes. And he has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now this is crazy to us because none of us wake up in the morning going, yeah, someone's trying to kill me today. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this about me, but yeah, there's this thief. He's always trying to come around. Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, we, we, we have these, this app program at our house, the Ring app. I don't know if you do these nests or rings or any of these things, but, like, I, I hawk all, all the, the reports in our area of, like, any, any robberies or any theft that's happening in our area. Like, I go through the report of my neighborhood, and I see what's been reported. Anybody else this crazy? Okay, fine. It's just me. And so, like, I, I, the other day, this, this Amazon worker came up to, to the house, and he was giving us a package, and he was too friendly for me. Like, I just got suspicious right off, right off the bat. I was like, why are you so nice? What's, what's, what's with the conversation? Like, I'm a little suspicious. Like, like, is someone trying to steal from you? Is someone trying to kill you or destroy you? Let's just be aware today that there is an adversary. There is one that is against you. There is one that wants to steal your joy. The enemy knows he cannot steal your salvation. You are sealed for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. You're going to heaven. So the enemy knows that. He says, I know I can't steal your salvation, so I'll steal your purity. I'll steal your mind. I'll steal your relationships. I'll steal your virtue. I'll steal your hope. I'll steal your love. I'll let your love, I'll steal, I'll kill, and I'll destroy. But I don't know about you. I hear Paul's words coming in us today. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have Come on, clap today if you believe it. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to show you some problems of the reason why the enemy tends to win sometimes in our life. And then I'm going to give you the solution and the possibility. Here's some of the problem. Write down number one is that sometimes we don't realize it's a real fight. This is not like from the movies. This is not like my kids keep wanting to watch Pokemon. I'm like, no, spirit of Nate out of my house. Be gone in the name of Jesus. No cards, no cartoons. 
This is a real fight. It's not from the movies. Watch this, Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not against, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Do you realize that the, the Bible's literally teaching us you don't wrestle against people. People are not your problem. Your boss, your coworker, your spouse, your sibling, your cousin, those are not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against things in the unseen world. Like we've got to mature to the point that sometimes we realize, wait, 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 hold on. This is spiritual. Maybe there's some, listen, I just want to remind you, you are not just a physical being. You are a spiritual person. And so sometimes the attack can be spiritual. Sometimes i got to realize I'm fighting the wrong fight. It's actually not this person. It's something behind the spirit of what's happening. And I've got to see the way God sees. I've got to live the way God called me to live. I've got to understand this is actually a real thing. And so I'm going to trust God through it. Come on, clap. If you believe we can overcome the fight. Here's the second problem. Write down number two. You don't believe you're worth fighting for. So we just think, we, we get up in the morning, we're like, why would anybody fight for me? Why would anybody care about my life? Why would someone destroy my goods and my home and my mind? I'm not, no, no, no. Can I just encourage you? Heaven thought you were worth fighting for. And because God put value on your life, there's opposition that sees the value. Because God put destiny in you. Because God put calling on you and has graced you and favored you. That says to the opposition, this person's a value. And if we take them out, we can take others out. No, you, you, listen, and if you wake up in the morning, you're like, I am so important. I am so worth... Not everybody, but definitely for me, I'm worth fighting for. You're called a narcissist. God bless you. We love you. We don't like you. The majority of us roll out of bed thinking we're normal. We're not important. Or we measure our life up against important people. And we go, now they are important, but little old me, I'm not important. I'm from this little family. I grew up in this little town. I'm not as significant as them. No, no, no. The enemy sees you as significant. Watch here. God saw you so significant that he actually ordered you to do this. Watch. These are a few verses later uh, before this, sorry, in Ephesians 6. And that about wraps it up. God is strong. And he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. The everything, the enemy. So just let's just be on the same page. The enemy is going to try and throw stuff your way. See what you can handle. Let's see if you can handle this temptation, this trial, this circumstance, this comment, this criticism. This. Let's see if you can handle it. And God says, I'm going to give you resources to equip you to stand up against any opposition. Come on, clap if you're thankful. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to finish the race. Clap like you believe it today. I'm going to keep my faith. These are ready made weapons. 
These are weapons. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. They are powerful and useful for pulling down strongholds. They are powerful for you to overcome. So there might be opposition, but I don't know about you. I am more than a conqueror in Christ. God allowed me to overcome the attack of the wicked one. I'm not going to let my family roll over to the wicked one. My children don't get just get to be given over to the wicked one. My church will not be bought at the price of what the wicked one wants to do. Come on, anybody thankful? I've got weapons. What's my weapons? Praise, prayer, worship, the word, community, humility, repentance. Oh, God said put on the full armor, the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace, or in other translation, Birkenstocks of peace, and, and the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. I like the sword because, you know, so much of our weapons of God is defensive because the attack. You know, the Bible literally says that the enemy throws fiery arrows. It's like it's bad enough that they're arrows. Why do they have to be on fire? And all these are defensive. Why, why a helmet? For your mind. Why, why a breastplate of righteousness? So you have a moral compass. Why, why truth here? So that we don't live in a world that truth is feelings. No, truth is what God says. Why, why gospel of peace? So everywhere we go, we emit the fragrance of Christ. Why a shield of faith? Why? Because I'm facing things and I need to have faith that if God is for me, who can be against me? But I like the fact I got a sword and a spirit because I, I didn't grow up liking defense. I like offense, anybody else. Like I want to score points. The sword of the spirit is your offensive weapon to push back and say, you're not welcome in my home. You're not welcome in my mind. You're not going to win in my life. Just another problem. Write, write down the next one. You're looking for a good time. He's looking for an opportune time. Like, this is just the reality. I'm just convinced of everybody here today. All of us are just simple people. Like, I just want to live a good life, anybody else. Like, I don't need a lot. Just, I want one glass of eggnog this Christmas season. I want a few cookies on Christmas Day. I want the cinnamon rolls that Jesus, Julia makes, same person, Jesus, Julia, my home. I, I, um, ah, it's getting awkward. Um, like, I'm a simple person. I'm looking for a good time, anybody else. I just want to be happy. I just want my Netflix account to be used by me and not five other people and live a good life. And the enemy's looking for an opportune time. When the en- Listen, so if the enemy thought he could get Jesus, don't you think he thinks he can get you? So he tempts the- Jesus three times, and-, and it was the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. This is how you always fall. Me and you will give in to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Pride will kill you, the lust of the eyes and the lust of flesh. So that's what he used with Jesus. It's probably what he's going to use with us. So, so Jesus withstood the temptation, and after that, watch verse 13, Luke 4, 13. This is an amazing verse. It says, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left Jesus until an opportune time. So just a heads up, there is an enemy that's watching you that knows when you're vulnerable, when you're susceptible, when you're emotional, when you are open, when you feel down, when you feel like you're, not, when you're less than. So he's looking for an opportune time. I don't know about you, but in times of weakness, I got to get into community. In times of weakness, I need to get into the house of God. When I'm not doing good, that's when I need to turn to God. Clap if you believe it. I, I got to get above just looking for a good time. 
and I got to understand myself. So if there's someone that's studying your weaknesses, I've got to understand. This is called self-awareness combined with God-awareness. Well, I just love that. And watch what God says in Isaiah 59. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So in other words, when the enemy comes in, when you're tired and you're weak and you're vulnerable, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you ever feel like when you're under attack, when it rains? It's like, are you, I can't handle another bad report. I can't handle another critical comment. I can't handle another person leaving me. I can't handle this, that, or the other. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord says, I got you. I will raise up a standard against him. I love that Jesus says, listen, I will never allow you to be snatched out of my hand. I will keep you in perfect peace. And so I got to understand there's one that's against me, but there's the one that is for me is stronger. That's why the Bible says greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. And when you're under attack, when you feel down, when you feel discouraged, when you feel like the enemy's throwing the kitchen sink at your mind and your life, your virtue and your future, just know God's got your back. Just know God is for you. Who can be against you? Clap if you're thankful today for grace. Let me give you some of the solution. Write down number, number one. The, here's, the solution's always this. Depend on Jesus more than self. So how, how do we, if, if you feel like you're in a war or if you feel like you're in a fight, by the way, I'm more of a lover than a fighter. Julia can attest. Um, but but um, if you feel like you're ever in a fight, how, what's the solution? Hear me today, church. The solution is always Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're in. The solution is always the God-man. We don't find in the scripture where it's like, well, actually in this case, whoa. We're going to have to deviate for a moment and we're gonna ha- you're going to have to work. The solution is always Jesus. The solution is always trusting Jesus, worshiping Jesus. Watch, watch how this is cooked into the Lord's prayer. Look, look at this. I love this verse, Luke 11, Luke 11, 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you realize in the Lord's Prayer is great dependence on Jesus? You are my provider. You are my source. You are my healer. So give me my bread for today so that I can fight the good fight and I can finish the race and I can keep the faith. Give me my sustenance. Give me my source. Give me my strength, God. And, and, and by the way, allow me to forgive people because right now I don't have the strength to do that on my own. And, and, and deliver me from temptation. There's always going to be temptation in your life. You never come to enough church services where you're like, you know what? I'm just not tempted anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, went to, I hit a thousand. Yep, I hit a thousand. I take these Peloton classes, but I never take them live. Like I always take them like after they were, they, you know, they, they go live. And so I watch my ranking, but it's not a live ranking. And I noticed during the classes, they always acknowledge, you know, the instructor will be like, today's, you know, so-and-so's 100th class or 500th class or 1,000th class. And the other day I was running on the, on the Peloton, I'm like, my first time going live, I'm going to do it when I hit like a milestone, like a, a hundred, like it's my hundredth class. There, there's no amount of church you come to where God's like, ah, you don't need to be tempted anymore. All of us deal with temptation. And so we need God to deliver us from the tempter. 
We need God to help us. So the answer is Jesus. The answer is always look into the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the perfecter of our faith, the author of our faith. The answer is always the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. The answer is always the bread of life, the living water, the bright and morning star, the lily of the valley, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the prince of peace. Come on, the, the answer is always the Messiah. Clap if you believe that Jesus is the one that will help you fight the good fight and finish your race and keep your faith. I love this next solution. Write it down. The solution is play the long game. Like if, if you're in a fight, let's not get exhausted in round two. Let's not burn out in round five. No, let's go the distance in our faith. Paul's old, like Danny's old. I don't know how old that is, but it's a reference that comes to mind. He's old, and he's like, the time for my departure is here. But one thing's for sure, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I, I never compromised my faith. I lasted in this faith journey. I want to tell you, your faith journey has some highs and lows. Your faith journey has some lonely seasons. When you walk with God, it's, all, it's not all peaches. It's all, not all glory. It's not all glamorous. Some of you are like, wait, wait, I became a Christian and nothing changed. No, 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 maybe nothing changed in your life. Everything changed in your inside. Now you've got the same problems. You just got God in you to help lead you, comfort you, convict you, give you wisdom, and give you strength. So you, you know what we need? We need people at Zoe that are like, I'm playing the long game. I'm going to be planted in the house of God in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. So I'm going to grow old with Jesus. You know, you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait till we got the saints in the church. You know, like the, like the people that are like, I remember when we bought our first building. I, 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 I remember when we started that ministry. I remember when we first went on mission trips. I remember when Zoe Music used to put out songs that sound like Drake. I remember when, you know what I'm talking about? Like the other day I saw this pastor and he posted, he, you know, he's got a big church, huge global ministry, and he posted on his Instagram this elderly lady and he said to the whole church, come out for the home going, we're going to celebrate sister so-and-so and we're going to live stream it. And when I saw the photo, I thought, who is this lady? Who is this lady that she was so important that the pastor said to the entire congregation, you got to come celebrate sister so-and-so. The picture, she was very old. It looked like it had been taken recently, and she had gone to heaven to be with Jesus. And I thought to myself, may we live like that, that when we go, Zoe Church goes, I'm telling you, they fought the good fight, they finished the race, and they kept the faith. Clap if that's your prayer. I'm playing the long game. Don't burn out. Don't run out on your faith. Don't, 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 don't be hot for a season and then cold in the next. No, play the long game. Say, I don't know what it's going to cost me. I know there's going to be opposition. I know there's going to be someone that tries to steal my joy. Someone tries to kill my future. Someone tries to destroy my dream. But I'm not giving up on my family. I'm not giving up on the things of God. I'm not giving up on Zoe Church. I'm not giving up on my friends. I'm not giving up on my family. Come on, clap if you believe it. I'm going to fight. I'm going to finish. I'm going to keep. I'm going to fight. I'm going to finish. I'm going to keep. If you're going to do that, you got to play the long game. It's not about sprouting up. You ever meet like a brand new Christian? 
They're like, what's up? And you're like, oh, you're new. My dad told me when he got saved, my dad grew up in a, in a really dysfunctional house. My grandmother was an alcoholic. My father kicked him. My grandfather kicked my dad out of the house when he was 16. My dad became an alcoholic and so on and so forth. And he somehow gets into Central Washington University, and he's walking by a house one time. It's a frat house, but it wasn't throwing. He thought it was a party. He thought he was walking into a party. It was a Jesus movement party. He walks in to get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, called to the ministry in one moment. My dad walked out. He was filled with depression, filled with anger. He He's in the worst place of his life. He walked out. He said, I felt like I could flip a car over for Jesus. I'm like, did you? Like, I've seen your arms, fam. They're the same arms. Like, we don't really flip cars. Like, if you're new and you're excited about God, I'm so excited about your zeal. But can we just be, the Bible calls us pillars in the house of God. That you're planted and you're saying, you know, I know life's, life has highs and lows, but I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to walk with Jesus. Let me give you one more solution. Write this down, worship team, you can come join me. Run to win. When he says, I, I, I finished the race and I, and I kept the faith, I think that he ran to win. The other day, my, my, my six-year-old came by my bedside. He woke me up in the morning because I was out of town when he got it. And he was so proud to show me. He's so excited. He, he got a medal for his soccer team. And he's like, Dad, look. He's like, I got a medal. He's like, look, this is what I got in soccer. And I have to, like, check down so many comments. Because I want to be like, son, everybody gets the medal. But, you know, like, I'm a good dad. So I'm like, shut up. Are you serious? Give, give me that right now. Is this real? You won this? You won this. You did not win this. We're going to ice cream. We're going to ice I'm just freaking out. This is called a participation trophy. The Bible did not call you to run. The Bible called you to run in such a way that you will win. Oh, I love this scripture right here. Look at this, 1 Corinthians. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. No, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I want to encourage somebody today. When you die, you'll stand before your maker. And I want to hear those words when I get to heaven. Well done, thy good and thy faithful servant with whom I'm well pleased. You fought the good fight. You finished the race. You kept your faith. Clap like you believe it today. Oh, I just believe it. Are you running to run or are you running to win? Are you running just lollygagging through life like, yeah, another year, another day, another thing, another Sunday? No, no, no. God's got purpose. God's got passion. God's got dreams. God's got vision. And God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So you get up tomorrow and you're like, you know what? I'm going to fight my fight. I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to keep my faith. And it's not about being zealous happy. 
It's about being meticulous. It's about being faithful. It's about being filled with perseverance. In fact, I want to show you the problem, and I'm going to show you the solution. But let me show you the possibility. Write down the possibility. The possibility is faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. The possibility is you could become faithful. The possibility is faithfulness. Now, I, now, I want to make sure I, you, you hear me, hear the enunciation. It's faithfulness, not fruitfulness. Faithfulness is our part. Fruitfulness is God's. I cannot determine the fruitfulness of my life. I cannot determine the influence. I cannot determine the effectiveness. I cannot determine what God does in me and through me. All that I could give God is my faithfulness. God is asking you for, to you for you to become faithful, faithful to Jesus, faithful to the things of God, faithful to his word, faithful to his church, faithful to his message, faithful to your spouse, faithful to your children, faithful to your community, faithful to your friends, faithful to your family. Come on, anybody want to increase in faithfulness? Stand to your feet. Last scripture. I love this. His master said to him, well done thy good and thy faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You've been faithful over little. You've been faithful over what I want to tell you, 2022, get ready. I keep telling Julia, 2022 is going to be a big year. Let me say that over your life today. 2022 is going to be a big year. I feel prophetically right now. Lift your hand if you, if you receive it. God, I pray right now, 2022 is going to be a big year.